This is TV8 My Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs. I play video games. It's a constant drive to be the best in the Loser? That's right. Somebody pushes me. On the other side of the screen, it all looks so easy. You're listening to TV Ate My Dinner. My name is Sean, and I'm sitting here with Greg. The triumphant return. Oh, that's right. Every year, I think, is going to be the last year of TV Ate My Dinner. (laughs) But no, I can't believe how far we can crawl. Well, this how many uh how many years this make for us uh, now? This summer got... will be year f- the end of year four. That'll be four oh, years. Oh man, this that's summer. awesome! I think that's awesome that we've made it this far. I know if there's a Transformers three and we're still here, that's what we should celebrate. Just Transformers movies continue to be our actual anniversary. <laughs> that was the first episode talking about Transformers. Because we didn't actually celebrate the last time we had a, an anniversary. We had, Our three-year anniversary happened, and we just I kept saying, oh, we should do that, and I kept forgetting, and then we just didn't do anything about it. But if they well, make another Transformers, then I'll remember, oh, we got to do something special, Transformers we'll see, again. By that time, well, it'll be this summer, so yeah, it'll be four years. I, I, I forget that they could turn out those Transformers movies about once every six months. <laughs> Are they making another Transformers movie for this summer? Is that what uh, it is? I think so. I mean, I know they're making another trip. I I guess it'll be this summer or next. I just wasn't thinking that it was going to be this early. Well, that'll be Uh, exciting for us in a very indirect way. (laughs) And the only way that that will be exciting for us is that it's our anniversary. In every other way, people will be generally nonplussed. I finally got around to seeing the second one. Yeah, I don't... I've been watching it on HBO, and I remember liking it in the theater. But I, but for I guess I liked the spectacle of it, and we 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 did do a little bit of drinking before we went in as a precaution. <laughs> <laughs> but it is kind of incoherent. I'll give people that watching it. Like the first movie, I was like, you know, upon repeat viewings, I was like, this is charming. I like this. But but now that I see the second movie like multiple times on HBO or fragments of it, I'm like, this is very difficult to to really follow. Nah, uh, it's you know, it's definitely a Michael Bay movie where they're all just running around and reacting they're all and sweaty and orange and in yeah. slow mo. Yeah. So I mean, it's. Those movies aren't my cup of tea. They're, I mean, they're okay, but... It may have gotten... It, I may be over it at this point. I, I wouldn't... You know, it, it took a while, but they, they may have reached, finally, the, the, the maximum Michael Bay velocity. <laughs> the terminal Michael bay Uh Transformers Dark of the Moon is what it's called. Um, it says here July 1st, 2011. Wow. So, on the internet movie database so there you go man well that's something 
Okay, so that's going to be a big thing for this summer because I know you got you got Green Lantern coming out. I think he's coming out in June, and then you got Thor coming out in May. Which Thor is a sort of I actually feel like Green Lantern has a greater chance of being you know finding an audience than Thor. You think? I yeah, I th- think the story like Thor has the buildup of the other Marvel movies, but Thor's got a strong feeling like Hulk to me, like the the Marvel character that no one really cares about. Like Thor has a neat story where he's you know he's like a Norse god thrown down to Earth and becomes a superhero, but it almost looks like watching these previews that they're so deeply involved in entangling Thor in this Avengers mythology that they've built up that they're missing an opportunity to really make a fun, like modern fantasy superhero kind of movie that they're just going to have him running around razzling a bunch of, of shield agents and then finding a giant robot. Uh, that may be true. Um, uh, when I went and saw Tron a few weeks ago that they had a preview for Thor and, um, um, the guy I was with, hanging out with, you know, just bros, you know, just hanging out bros, you know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever, man. Who might judge? Yeah, he was kind of upset. He, it's like, you know, the, you know, the, the ruining or, Thor. Apparently the origin story is not right or something. I don't know. But, you know I didn't know Thor uh, had an origin story. I thought he was Thor. Well, I, I don't know. Apparently, he has an origin Odin. story. I, I and I don't I, even. I mean, I'm not, not going to try yeah, to explain I it because I don't know that. what it is. I didn't know. Well, there you go. Apparently, he does. So, well, but they, I don't know. So, to me, though, Thor. I mean, just the concept of Thor. Thor seems to me like it has a better shot than Green Lantern. Green Lantern is a little. I guess costume superheroes like Green Lantern. Maybe to me they're wearing a little thin right now or something. Oh, and Green I Lantern like to costume me is superheroes, but but Green Lantern. Aside from the fact that I don't like the costume as much from what I've seen, I like the concept because Green Lantern is a concept that doesn't have to be a costume superhero. He's he's basically a human being that is recruited. It's the last Starfighter. He's a human being that's recruited into this core of space cops. And they fight like cosmic threats to the galaxy. It's like, it's not a superhero story so much as it is a sci-fi story. And that's what I like. I think Green Lantern has a much deeper mythology than than Thor, which is actually based, it's rooted in an actual mythology, which is <laughs> ironic. But I think Green Lantern has a, a more vibrant and richer universe to offer moviegoers because you already see in the trailer the trailer of green lantern looks way cooler than the trailer of thor because you already see you know he's a hot shot top gun kind of pilot and plus they got ryan reynolds who's a known actor that people like versus thor where they got who's a good actor but nobody knows who he is so you've already got a sort of they're playing the iron man thing where you find someone that people like you know, find likable that the ladies will like as well. So they can actually come to this movie as a date movie too and enjoy it. And you've got this story that's just about a guy becoming an intergalactic super cop. So it's a much cooler idea. This is a movie I've been wanting them to make for years and I'm actually well, surprised they're making it. You're, but you're a pretty serious Green Lantern fanboy though, right? I mean, you, I am and I'm a DC fanboy. Yeah, but I've always so, felt that Green Lantern had an accessibility as a normal guy. That like the story was cool enough that you could do something with that. 
I guess, I don't know. I mean, I'm just not sold yet. I, I hope it will because I, you know, I haven't read much Green Lantern uh, until recently. I, I picked up a few books and then also read the Wikipedia just to kind of get myself up to speed. Oh, well, it. if you've read the Wikipedia. <laughs> well, come on. Now I'm trying to keep up here. You're caught up on the mythos. <laughs> Well, Green Lantern's had a kind well, of shaky history. Like, the Green Lantern is finally coming into the limelight in uh, in the DC Universe. He's had a, a very spotty history where, you know, Hal Jordan had a series which, you know, years and years ago, I thought was a really good Green Lantern series, and they built up the Green Lantern core. And DC was going through a phase where every major character had to have, like, a big storyline where they died. <laughs> Like they killed Superman, they broke Batman's back, and they all. The, and then suddenly it's Green Lantern's turn, and they're like, you know what? Green Lantern's not even that popular. So they do this thing where he becomes like a villain, and Hal Jordan is like a bad guy for like a million years. He's like for like ten years in the mythology, and they kill him off and all this stuff. You're like, what is going on? They bring in this other guy to be, you know, the Green. As a Green Lantern fanboy, you'd have to, you'd have to just talk to other Greenland fanboys to even know what the, the issue is. <laughs> but like the Kyle Rayner versus Hal Jordan camps, you know, where the they brought in this new Green Lantern and they killed off the Green Lantern Corps and they killed off what it essentially was the whole Green Lantern mythology. And you're like, this is crap! And I stopped reading it. And for years this went on. And like just recently, Jeff Johns became like a big, a big player in the DC Universe and he wrote a storyline where he brought back Hal Jordan and all of a sudden I'm reading Green Lantern again. And now Hal Jordan's a big part of this, the universe and there are two major storylines this year all centered around, they brought back the Green Lantern Corps and all this stuff. And the Green Lantern Corps is a big part of these storylines that have involved all of the DC heroes, but like, and now all of a sudden they're making a Green Lantern movie and that's their big, project for this year and green lantern is finally positioned to become you know an important part of the dc mythos that he always was in comics but he's just got the shaft never had a tv show never had a movie never was big in the cartoons was always sort of a second stringer in the justice league and well like super friends kind of stuff well it's never even as popular as (laughs) aquaman you know what i mean i've been trying to not say it but it's the name it's the name you always you, you guys always pick on me about you know me saying how important names because are. I, I, but, because I believe that names are important, but you said they should have called Cutthroat Island Pirates, and it would have made them hundred million dollars. Despite well, the fact it, that it, it starred it 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 Gina Davis and Matthew Modine, that was the problem. No, I mean if they had called it Pirates, if they called it something, you know, maybe not necessarily Pirates, but definitely not Cutthroat Island. What kind of a name is that? That sounds like that's a horror movie. That sounds like a movie cutthroat <laughs> island that's right there with captain blood <laughs> one of the most famous pirate movies of all time not well that was back when in the 50s and 60s when people actually read and, and like paid attention to what was on you know like sophisticated pirate movies well not even that i mean it's just that they had a, a little bit more of a tolerance for weird names of things i mean it, these these days it has to the, the titles of movies have to tell you what the movie is about cut like through the dark island night the dark night it's got you know it's a, dark night. a dumb name spider-man's a dumb name superman's a dumb name they become iconic because people identify with the characters like green lantern 
if you just said it, is a dumb name. Well, but great, actually, but Green make, Lantern I mean, has a better be justification anything. within it, the story than well, Superman. But say you say you, you say you say Superman. If, if if a person you know had never heard of Superman, and you was talk were talking about someone named Superman, they would probably eventually get that this is a person who has superpowers. He must be a Superman. Right, he's a man who has superpowers. Hence the name. But if you start talking about Green Lantern and they've never heard of Green Lantern, they're like, well, "What's this? Is was he he was he have a Green Lantern?" Which how I know he did this, at one point. How far into the know, conversation does it take for me to say he gets magical powers from a Green Lantern? <laughs> like magical a, or scientific, super, depending Superman, on Superman. Like, what is a Superman? Well, he's you know he has he's a superpowered man. Oh, okay. Well, what's Green Lantern? He's a guy that gets powers from a Green Lantern. Oh, okay. What's Batman? Well, he's a man that dressed like a bat. What's Spider-Man? He gets powers from a spider. They're all fairly descriptive. What's well, Iron Man? You want to go around he's to everybody in America and explain that to them? But the, how far does it take? They watch the trailer like, oh, there's a Green Lantern that gives him magical powers. It's in the trailer, America. I'm just saying. I don't know. I'm worried I don't about agree. it. I, I'm I mean, worried because Green Lantern has never been as well known as a Superman or a Batman. That's my I concern. Think, I think but I feel like Iron Man wasn't either, as long as they make a movie that's fun. My only concern is that the movie is good. Because I feel like if the movie is good, people will show up, they'll see it's good, and they'll tell people it's good, like Iron Man. They don't care if it's if they know the character. You know, They don't care about the legacy. You know, hopefully for the sake of fans, they'll maintain that. But as far as bringing in a new audience, I just hope they make the movie good. If they do that, then people will want to go see it. Well, of course I want the movie to be good. I want the movie to be good even if it ends up being a flop. Just because I like comic book movies and I want them to make a decent movie. Well, DC needs this movie to be good, though. Well, this yeah, I mean, they're, they're, their only DC. property that really is worth anything when it comes to movies is Batman. It's and, true, and, and they're getting... Uh, possibly they're getting, Superman, but they, they've been having so trouble with it here lately. They're getting their asses kicked by Marvel, who's been turning out, and they have had... Marvel has had some disappointments as far as money is concerned, but they are consistently turning out successful movies. And DC's hurting because, yes, you know, definitely with the Batman franchise, they, they're always able to make something out of the Batman franchise. But, you know, the Superman relaunch didn't work. And now they've got Christopher Nolan on it, which is good. But typically trying to get the guy who made Batman popular isn't always the, the road to making Superman popular. They, for a long time, one of well, the they, darkest they tried that with periods of trying while, to make yeah. Superman work was getting Tim Burton involved. And like, oh my God, the next thing you know, is like, like, are you telling me that Kevin Smith wrote a script for Superman for Tim Burton to direct starring Nick Cage? What are you talking about? I'm not saying yeah. it wouldn't be good. It could be good. A lot of great movies sounded ridiculous when you when you first explained them. But it was just sounding like, oh, this doesn't sound like it's heading in a good direction. Well, I, I mean, I have a theory as to why Superman is not working now as well. And it's just mainly because of a more sophisticated viewing audience. Uh, people, you know, don't don't buy Superman's all-powerful capabilities. I mean, he's he's too powerful. He could do well, anything. And so what's the point? Too good, you know? I think. It's, it's, you know, we've had this discussion before, and what's sad about it is it's just that people 
Yeah, the superpowers are hard because it's hard to write, too. It, so it's hard for people to get behind. But there is a way to write that character that is accessible. But it's hard for people to get behind, you know, a just just a purely noble somewhat par- paragon of a hero like Superman is. Whereas Batman, you know, he's noble, but he's not a paragon. He's a paragon of a human being because he can, you know, he's perfect in as far as, like, his physical ability as a human being. But he's, he's sort of flawed in, in his intentions sometimes and he's conflicted and, and people identify with that. But you can't do that with Superman. Superman's not meant to be conflicted. He's supposed to represent an ideal and it's difficult to sell... You say sophisticated, I wouldn't say that. I would say that people are getting too cynical. Which is not the same thing, although they're often confused. <laughs> um, well, that's... that's. I'll give you that. Um, well, I think that's the one thing that might help Superman, is to become conflicted, but they will never do it. Because, you know, his, his whole character design is being behind... Uh, you know, truth, justice, and the American way, yeah, and, and, and you all can't that. stray from that. You know, Kevin Smith, when he was working on the, the the script for the Superman back in the day, when they did have him on, I don't want to in any way suggest that I think that he would write a, a bad Superman script. Although I've read some of his superhero comics and I wasn't a fan, but he did have an interesting point. He said in the early days, you know, there were all these drafts where people had like Clark Kent going to like a psychiatrist or whatever because he was trying to, like, you know reconcile himself with with his life as Superman. He's like, Superman doesn't have angst. Superman, if he has angst, has angst about one thing. And it's the fact that he can't save everybody. That's as far as... He doesn't have angst about being Superman. He's not Spider-Man. You know, and he's not Batman in that sense, you know? Superman is an ideal in that he just wants to be able to use his powers to make as big a difference as he can. And that is difficult to write. Audiences aren't too sophisticated for Superman. They're just too sophisticated for Superman Returns. And that's not the same thing. They just didn't well, make think a Superman very good Returns story out of that. Was, was attempt to, I think Superman Returns was an attempt to try to recapture the Christopher Reeve version of Superman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I appreciated and, that, but it didn't work. Well, the audience has changed. Cynical or sophisticated, whatever they just—they've just changed. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a way to introduce, and I'm hoping that Christopher Nolan and David Goyer, who are working on this, I, I'm hoping that they got it because, because their take on it, from what I was hearing, and I think it was David Goyer that I was reading this, was basically saying, you got Superman and Batman, they're two iconic characters, and the trick to making them work on screen is to not deviate very far from their roots of what made them who they are. And in Batman, you know, you have this character who was sort of bent on vengeance, but found a way to sublimate that into a noble cause, like into like looking for justice. And then you have Superman, who was an all-powerful figure who was raised on basic, simple moral values and found a way to, to, to fuse those into his, his being so they overshadowed his superpowers so that he's incapable morally of using his superpowers for anything other than the, the best for mankind. 
those are the core of those characters. And in Batman and the Dark Knight, they, those those guys figured out how to make the core of Batman work and challenge, you know, I'm a dark figure, but I have boundaries and let, what happens when someone tests those boundaries. But then Superman, you have like, I'm perfect, yet I have to impose boundaries upon myself for the better of mankind. And if there's a challenge to Superman, if he's conflicted, it's the fact that he's like Batman faced with people who will indulge in areas that he's not able to, you know, a, a, a super villain who will blow up the city is hard for a Superman to deal with. Cause you know, I could find you and I could burn you alive with my heat ray vision in, in, a, in a second. Yep, that's right. He never made any money. He may never made any money. I can't. No, there was a Okay. That song is actually <laughs> probably one of the better songs about Superman. Because it's one of the only actual dirges written about Superman. Like, and it analyzes exactly, you know, the, the the character, which is, you know, here's a guy who could do anything. He doesn't have to work for a living, doesn't have to do anything. But in order, he has to get a job to stay alive. He can't even use his Superman abilities. Like, he goes somewhere and works some nothing job enough to make money. But, he doesn't really have to. I mean. No, he his, the, the Clark, Clark Kent's persona is based on two basic things things one is that you know i have to have a job and make money you know and maintain the front of my identity the other part is i have to have something that connects me with humanity so i can tell what's going on you know as a as a a reporter on the front lines of what's happening i can tell you know when things are going down superman might need to be involved in that's the other side of that. I'm not Batman. I don't, I don't have a supercomputer in a basement or something. I got I to gotta be involved. It keeps me human to mingle with humanity, but it also gives me an insight into what's going on. You know, and that's the thing. Man, nothing, oh, I think people make me crazy. Talking about Kill Bill 2. Yeah. Where Kill there's the speech that he has in the second Kill Bill, where it, not only is it ridiculous, Ridiculous in the context of the story. It's also wrong. Because there's Please. this whole... David Carradine has this monologue that everyone's in love with where he's trying to convince her that it's it's awesome that he's talking about superhero comics when she's there to murder him. We're like, dude, stop being nerdy. We're going to fight. But he's like, have I ever told you about my love for superhero comics? And he does, goes on this whole diatribe about, you know, how Superman created the Clark Kent persona because he believed that that represented humanity. Like, that it's there, it's weak and cowardly and, and, and lacks confidence and, that, and bumbling. And he said he does that, but that obviously that's not true. Obviously, that he does that because he tried to create in Clark Kent something that was the opposite of Superman, so that people wouldn't think he was Superman. It's very simple that way. But it's okay that David Carradine thinks that because he's a villain, so that's the kind of thing that he would think of. But it's not brilliant. It's not even accurate. 
And it's annoying for big-time villains to talk about superhero comics in an action movie because it brings it down to a level that you don't understand what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> God, what a... Oh, this is a terrible movie anyway. But because it's Tarantino, people convince themselves that it's somehow profound, and not only do they miss the point of Kill Bill 2, which is that it was a toneless nightmare of a movie... But they also that. managed to bring down Superman with them. Think, oh, he had something really special to say. Like, no, he's wrong on both points. It's not true. Superman is just trying to keep people distracted from the fact that he's Superman while he's Clark Kent. Because that puts him in the middle of situations where he can suss out where Superman needs to come in and do some damage. That's it. It's not complicated, world. I don't know why you have so much trouble writing it. Watch Smallville. Smallville offers the most complexity to the Superman mythology of any interpretation ever. That's a great show. Man, you're really upset about this. I'm upset that the world thinks it can do without Superman. And I'm upset at people that, that write it in such a way that sort of proves that point. We need Superman. We do. I, I, well, I don't know. I mean, in some ways, I kind of feel like we, we don't need a Superman. But but I would like to see a Superman story where he is conflicted about whether or not the American way that he's been championing all these years is the right way. And for that, that's a really yeah. good conflict to introduce. It, and we've talked about this before. It, Superman, with his old-style values, but he's not conflicted in that he doesn't believe them in anymore that's the problem that's where you're missing it world he's conflicted in the fact that he doesn't understand how to apply those values to a world that's gone this wrong like it's not about whether superman is trying to decide if he should be dark or evil or give up his his uh, morals it's that he's trying to apply that in a world that seems to philosophically reject that idea which is our world which is what's actually happening, which is why it's so hard to get Superman movies out there. That, to me, is the interesting Superman story. But making Superman dark or making him stray from that is not interesting, it's just lazy. So you okay. said you saw Tron? <laughs> <laughs> 25 minutes of that is probably okay. Yeah. Well, I wanted to say something about Green Hornet. Green um, <laughs> So we got to drag also, him into this too. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's it, I. Well, I'm just saying that as far as Green Lantern is concerned, I mean that they're going to have a challenge, you know, getting people to to understand him, and that's going to be the hard part. I think that they're gonna they've got a, a an idea that's going to make him accessible because they're doing the the Iron Man thing. You know, if you're going to try to introduce Iron Man, the first thing you do is get like a Robert Downey Jr. who's recognizable and likable. And then you have him play the character where he's this sort of, you know, sort of lovable playboy character and all that. He's not Batman. He's like rich like Batman and he's smart like Reed Richards, but he's not boring in the same kind of like he's not. He's a character that we can get behind because. It's not so much that he's a reluctant hero. It's it's almost that he doesn't know he has it in him. And that's exactly the way they're playing 
Green Lantern as well. We get in Ryan Reynolds, who's very likable. People know him. They like him. His character is sort of a cocky, like, jet fighter kind of guy. So you're like, okay, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden, literally, like, something falls in his lap where this, this space alien crash lands in front of him and says, you have to be like this intergalactic superhero. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> so it's not a Superman where he was born with this responsibility, and it's not a Batman where something happened to him that sort of impressed this need in him. It literally is like the universe just found you overnight and said, you know, get your act together. And that's something as a superhero that we can all identify with more than a Batman or a Superman because we don't all have a horrible trauma in our lives and God knows we weren't all born perfect but we all sort of have this secret fantasy that we have this destiny that we are that that is we have the potential to fulfill and that's where real interesting heroes come from and that's what Iron Man was is like yeah I can design all this stuff but I'm like this cocky showboat and then something happens and then I realize I've got to do more and that's what Green Lantern is. I'm this cocky showboat, and then all of a sudden something happens, and I realize there's a, a much larger world that I can become a part of and, and help. And in a way, that's what drives me, you know, is that I have been given this opportunity, and I know I have the capacity to, to meet that potential, so I don't think I can live with not doing it. That's a very human idea. That's something – because we're all we're all confronted with that obviously on a much lower level but that's what we all have to deal with every day is what what confronts us in our lives that we can't turn away from because we know that we can become better and we can rise to that challenge and that's green lantern and you know it's also iron man and that's the the sort of formula for the more modern superhero that people i think if they do it right in green lantern that's the kind of superhero people can really get behind Plus, it's got a bunch of cool set pieces, and it's got a bunch of cool, weird characters in it, too. But I think on a on a character level, I think people can get behind Green Lantern more so than a Batman or a Superman. And I hope that they, they make that work in that movie. Cool. All right. Yes, I did see Tron. So I, mean, I should preface <laughs> this that now that I was a little worried because – Lynn had not been able to see Tron, and she was hoping to be with us tonight, but she's having technical difficulties. But with Lynn not here, I, I think I could preface that maybe we could get into some spoilers. Is that okay, do you think? It's not too soon? I think so. I think it's been, uh, what, it's been about four or five yeah, weeks. A bazillion people it, are going to see this. It's doing pretty well. Yeah, so Is it? I, I haven't. From what I'm hearing, the numbers I'm hearing are good. It was it had some, you know, first two weekends were really good, and I don't know. I knew it so won the first. I knew it was on top on the first week, but they but that week was pretty was pretty low as far as the take. Well, that's where Tron has really been cleaning up over the Christmas season because there wasn't a huge movie like Tron. You know, Harry Potter came out early enough that that, that had sort of died down, and unfortunately the Narnia movies just aren't bringing it home. Oh, yeah, the, the Narnia movies are done. Well, it's they, too bad. I like Narnia. Uh, well, I kind of did too, but, I mean, I this this movie I think has just been done to kind of make a third it's not even being distributed by Disney, you know. Yeah, well, you know how Disney is, though. 
but I, it looks better. I, I, I'm sorry to say I didn't get the opportunity to go see this movie. I totally would have seen Voyage of the Dawn Treader. It looked much better than uh, Caspian. I think maybe they just missed their window. I don't know. A lot of difficult things they did. First of all, uh, after the, the success of the line, The Witch in the Were- Wardrobe, I think. I almost said it in The Werewolf. <laughs> but <laughs> I think the next movie came out in the summertime which was a really bad idea. Even Harry Potter has been known to get spanked in the summertime when he, where he owns Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> he owns Christmas. Owns it. <laughs> Stick this wand right up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but anyway, uh, Tron. Yeah. We so, keep, we yeah. We're talking about Tron. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I really like Tron. I, I did too. Uh, oh, good. I, I, but, went, you know, I know yeah, how you don't like things ever. What? You never like anything. I didn't say I was such a such a hollow <laughs> world. Sometimes you never like you don't even like the new Star Trek movie, which I thought was good. I don't like the new Star Trek movie. I should ask you in six like months because you come out of the gate kind of liking things, and then by the time they're on DVD, you really talk yourself out. Well, I, I agree. I you know I, I do I, I do that. But but this one I don't think I will because um, I thought it was a pretty decent follow up to the original movie. They didn't I'm kind just, of amazed that they even bothered. To, what with a follow up? As a follow up, like they're billing it like a new movie, which I think is good marketing. You know, you don't have to have seen the original to get this story. The story stands alone. You know, it's obviously a follow-up to the original Tron, but you're not lost. It's it's a basic concept, you know. Well, that's why I'm saying, I'm, you know, they, they could have very well just, you know, thrown the first movie out and and created a totally new storyline. And Yeah, and, they even didn't. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to me. And, and, I'm, and I'm very surprised that Disney, of, of all companies, you know, saw – the potential and just letting that storyline continue. They uh, must they have just gotten writers or a producer who were adamant about that. Well, I think that's I'm part sure of Disney it. I think care. the original producer is still somewhat involved. And I think, uh, um, uh, yeah, the, 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 the movie was written by Tron fans. Uh, yeah. Cause they put in a lot of elements that, that, you know, were not necessary, but but really were fun for people who were fans of the original story. So I don't know. I think I mean it wasn't perfect, but I think um, you know it's it was a pretty good movie. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I liked it a lot. I have to say I probably liked it better than Star Trek. I don't know. I, I did. I enjoyed the Star Trek movie a lot, but I really did like Tron. And uh, well, let's let's go through the, the plot of it. I, you know, I don't want to. We probably are going to just have some spoilers here because I want to. Well, we? okay. Well, spoiler alert. You know, I, if, if I you really do think, Tron. yeah, that I really want to get into it, folks. So if you haven't seen it, then just download this episode and sit on it and go watch Tron because we're talking about Tron now, man. So what'd well, you it's think? Been, it's been four or five yeah, weeks. You've so had I your opportunity. A, by, by the time, time this, comes, this episode out, you know, comes out, I'll try to get it out fast, but you know, come on. You'd be lucky to catch it in the theater. You don't have to go watch it in 3D or an IMAX or anything like that. Just go watch the movie. If you like it so much that you'd be offended that I spoil the ending, then you should have watched the damn thing anyhow. Throw some support <laughs> its way. Okay, okay. Spoilers. Okay. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I want to talk about. 
Okay. Don't don't berate the fans. This is a spoiler alert. Yeah, who knows? (laughs) Why are you acting like they're not on board? Crotchety old bastard. (laughs) Immediately just just becomes so combative. I know, man. You've got a lot of... We've been off the air a while. A lot of aggression pent up. (laughs) It's not the fans' fault. The fans are the the only reason we're back on the air. The listeners, like, it's not them I'm mad at. It's it's us that can't get our act together. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, Tron. So anyway. It was good. Next. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Spoiler alert. It was good. No, but the, the basic concept of it, like, I like the the special effects that they're, that they're still, you know, obviously a work in progress, but the, the, the age regression of Jeff Bridges. Can I just say that I am amazed. I called this thing as Jeff Bridges having a cameo in this movie. He is all over it. Yeah. Like this movie is banked on Jeff Bridges. I'm so impressed with Jeff Bridges right now. Yeah, Jeff Bridges is uh yeah, he's kind of the man of the hour of this uh yeah, the, this this movie season. I haven't seen True Grit yet. I've been I, 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 I get... really do want to. My yeah, dad's I... very offended by it, but I think it's a good idea. And I love the Coen brothers. Your your dad's offended by it because it's a remake of a John Wayne movie? Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, he well, thinks you know, it's an affront. But at this point, you know, whatever. They can remake like Star Wars be, and I wouldn't care. This looks to me like it's an honorable remake. I, I mean, I haven't seen it, but uh, I'm, I got a feeling it's going to be good. I love so. Jeff Bridges. I love the Coen brothers. I love Matt Damon. I love everybody in this movie. I love Josh Brolin, even though he made Jonah Hex. At least this is your <laughs> chance to make a real Western. Oh, my God. Jonah Hex is awful. Don't watch Jonah Hex, though. Seriously. Uh, oh my stay God. on trying. Stay Holy on trying. Holy crap. Okay. <laughs> bring, bring it back, bring it back, Sean. It's cool. Like, uh, yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I just thought about Jonah Hex for a second. I'm like, oh god. Well, just talking about wild, wild the, the special flashback. effects and the 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 age regression, uh, that was probably the to me the weak part uh, the, of the special effects because I mean it just it didn't come off in the flashbacks. Totally it was a little weird, but with but, Clue, you know, it was awesome. Because yeah, in the flashbacks, I mean, they tried to downplay it because it wasn't a perfect technology. But what they do is they make the Clue. If you've watched the first movie, this is interesting to you because he did have a character named Clue who was killed. So obviously, in the second Tron, he's recreated Clue for a greater purpose, which is to make the perfect system, which was you know a dumb idea on his part. But Clue, yeah. you know, has his face. And it's neat because, you know, he's older and he's even supposed to be older in the movie than he is in real life because they suggest that he's sort of been in the program for like a hundred years or something. Like he's aged even more. But Clue is like this program with his old face. And it's such a neat idea, this this computer program with the old Jeff Bridges face. And especially because it's not 100% realistic in places, it gives him sort of a creepy vibe. So Clue looks cool, and it makes me think, oh, man, I can't wait, because they're building to it, obviously, in the sequel. I can't wait for the Tron to come out that way, because Tron is, is horribly underrepresented in this film. But it's obvious yes, that but he's, he's meant there, to have a much larger role out, He in was the there in a film. really cool way. I, I'm glad that they... Um, you know, alluded to Tron finally because I was kind of wondering. Okay, He's I'm a, a, I'm a nerd. All right, yeah. I read I read the prequel comic book. 
<laughs> I did see it in the comic book store and thought about buying it, so I can't. I bought Brightest Day instead, which is the new Green Lantern storyline. Okay, well, I, I bought it, and uh, and and Tron, the Tron character is all through that. I mean, uh, uh, and they actually never they never told anything about him being eliminated, but they, I mean they explained that in the movie. Uh, but um, uh, I'm glad that yeah, it does look like the next movie is going to involve you know probably Bruce Boxlight, and they're doing they're doing going to do the same thing to Bruce Boxlight as the they thing. did the yeah. Jeff let me this time. let me tell you this, people. This is the super spoiler. So if you haven't been listening so far, I'm serious now. We're getting to like the end of the movie, but I'm going to say it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Bridges is throughout this movie because he's playing Flynn in the computer world, which is pretty awesome. And he also is playing Clue, who is the overlord of this this world. And essentially, he's like an Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like they give him all these cool – and they're represented in the first movie, so it's not a stretch. But he has all these cool powers over the, the computer world and all that. He's walking around in a robe with long hair. But he's talking like the big Lebowski, which is hilarious. to me to me that was a little forced but but yeah yeah because it wasn't really his character from the first movie so much as it was the big lebowski yeah i mean like like, you're messing with my whole zen thing man yeah (laughs) what was it you're 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 spoiling my groove dude or something (laughs) like that he said it sort of makes it fun because he's got sort of lebowski hair and he's wearing like this like jedi robe (laughs) but but you can still enjoy it but essentially talking about the end of the movie here folks it's last last stop before spoiler Mm-hmm. So eventually what we have is a confrontation at the very end of the movie where Flynn's son, who, let's face it, does almost nothing useful, is trying yeah, to escape yeah. with Olivia Wilde, you know, totally hot computer program chick. And Flynn has to stop Clue by, in the story device, merging him into himself and exploding both of them. And there's one very important reason why this has to happen. It's so Jeff Bridges doesn't have to come back in another Tron movie. <laughs> so it's obvious that like we've sort of we we've introduced Bruce Boxleitner as Alan, so we know he's around. We introduced him in a flashback briefly as Tron, and we reintroduce Tron, who becomes redeemed by the end of the film in another scene but not shown. And then we kill off Jeff Bridges and Clue, who is the only other reason Jeff Bridges is in the thing. Yeah. So and, the, and the, the build-up... also set up the baddie for the Killian next Murphy one too, is... is like Dillinger's son. Yeah. So, obviously, we've got a Tron, let's say three, you could say Tron two, whatever. But we've got another Tron movie lined up where Dylan Jr. comes in and he's the bad guy, and then they we have like a real sinister computer program version of him to deal with, and then obviously we have you know a retro CG Tron, which is what I really want to see. Much as I enjoy seeing Jeff Bridges, I actually was more excited about wanting to see Tron. I'm like, come on, bring in Tron. That's what I want to see. It's Tron. 
So, and we have no reason to bring back Jeff Bridges because we completely killed him off. And then we got Olivia Wilde and the new, the young Flynn, who's pretty cool. He's he's cool. He can do. And then we got Tron in the thing, and now we got ourselves another movie. So you know, kudos to them. I think yeah. they did they did the things that I was hoping they do. They lined up the things that I'd like to see, and it looks like the movie's going to make enough money that we will actually see another Tron movie. Yeah, and, and I mean even just. I mean, from a standpoint of the uh, uh, stylish look of the movie, I, I enjoyed that as well. Yeah, yeah, the designs, the recognizers, and stuff like that. You know, somewhat updated, but still, but still true to the original concept. But also, you know, new and hip enough to to be enjoyable. The world was, you know, uh, uh, very up to date. And, and stylish, even though it had the look of the original film. I mean, it does, it, the, I guess what I'm trying to say is like the, uh, it was just a very stylish film and, yeah. and the, and the look of it was really cool. You know, uh, it, you can tell it's a, an update of the original, but also it had some of the kind of cool matrixy type stuff in it, you know? Yeah. So it was, they did what I so, thought you should do is like, take that cool, you know, modernize the technology that it used, used to render it, but don't modernize the designs as much. I mean, they really took some cool designs from Tron and they kept them. And I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I enjoyed it a, a good deal and I would definitely go see another one. I would definitely, hopefully you're not still listening if you haven't seen it because we just told you everything that happened in it, but I would recommend it. To me, the weakest part of the movie was um, the bar scene with, with Caster. Yeah, uh, I, th- I felt like filler character. a little bit, like you know, he, good actors and all that, but I think there was a sort of weak, there's a weak middle to it and I won't deny it because he has a very cool opening, you know, where he's in the real world and then they have a good lead in to him getting in. He's thrown immediately into the games, which is necessary because it's essentially a requel. It's a remake of the first, you know, point for point. They put him through all of the stuff that his father went through. Yeah. Even the, even the sailor, the, the, the solar sail, everything. Yeah. They just, it was an updated look to the same Mm -hmm. movie. It's a requel. It really is. Where it's a sequel, but it's really a remake. Mm-hmm. But 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 good for them. I don't, they didn't have to yeah. try very hard. You know, wait till the the next one to bring out new stuff. You're just trying to reintroduce the concept to new audiences. So so I thought they did a good job. But yeah, you're right. There's a donut hole in the middle of this movie. That and, yeah, and I mean, it really it's is not, where it's once not they get established, no, it, it it doesn't ruin the movie. But there is a point in the movie where like, uh, okay, what? what what's well, I mean, the Michael Sheen's character, uh, I think his name was, well, he had two names, Zeus and something else. I've and uh, yeah. uh, he and I hate this because I really like Michael Sheen as an actor. You, you know, I've, I've liked a lot well. of the stuff he's it's been in. It's just not interesting. He he was just a ridiculous character. Well, you know what? He, they they really kept away from this, but they got dangerously close to this idea that they were going to dip into this Matrix kind of thing, and that's that his character and that 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 set piece and all of it was a little too Matrixy for me, where he has to go to this sort of weird flamboyant character painted white to walk him through this 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 problem and ultimately betray him which yeah is what it, you know it doesn't take them doesn't take him five minutes to 
totally just be useless. I mean, it was a waste of time for him to go see this character. Yeah, and so. and that made the whole scene seem like filler because the way that the, they fixed it was, you know, they uh, just Jeff Bridges and the, the the hot chicks show up and they, they razzle-dazzle a few people and then we're on our way anyhow. So really, we didn't need that if we were just going to march down the center of the city <laughs> doing our business. Yeah. So, but, so anyway. Yeah, that was a bit of a plot hole. I won't yeah. I won't deny it. But it's acceptable. Most movies have that that especially action movies have that hollow middle where we've done like some dazzling action sequences and then we are building to an action finale. So we can't just do action in the middle, man. We got to have them go somewhere and do something. <laughs> cuz cuz these things well, are expensive to produce. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it kind of sucks, but that it wasn't completely objectionable. They had to, they had, they had to have him go somewhere and in order for clue to kind of be in pursuit of him. And, and so, you know, yeah, I would have written it differently, but, but you know, all, all things told you guys did a good job. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm excited to see the next one. Um, I would very much hope they make it. Yeah, I hope I hope they do make a sequel. I think it, I think they probably will. Seems like they made enough money to do. Seems it. like this one's a very successful movie, and that's good. Because mm-hmm. I would definitely like to see another one, especially in the direction that it seems like they're wanting to push it. Yeah, I mean, see, see, I don't, I don't hate everything. Uh, well, we'll we'll talk again in six months and see if you still like it. No, I, I think I will. This one. Uh, a lot of times, what happens is, you know, I'll I'll try to I'll try to make myself like something, you know. And and Star Trek is is was one of them. Is like, you know, I really wanted to like that movie, and, and in a lot of ways, I do. You know, I'm glad they're making new Star Trek movies, but you know, as the, the more I thought about it, the the less I liked it. The less I liked the production design, the 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 plot line. You know, just. You know, it's just. I hope they. I hope they kind of rework it, but they won't because it made five hundred million dollars. Well, you know, in giving them this one thing, they had a lot of things they had to make happen in that first movie, and they're not bound to that obligation yeah, in a sequel. Now they've established everything. There's a lot of things they had to do in that first movie, which first of all explain why they're allowed to make a Star Trek movie. Which they do in the narrative of the story, and then then they actually had to make a story, and and then they they introduce all everybody all over again, but not just make it a prequel. There were a lot of things they had to do that in the next one. What I'm looking forward to is we can just open with them all on the Enterprise, and we're now having an adventure. Yeah, we don't have to we'll, get them all on the bridge. We're done. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, to me, I mean. I mean, it's Star Trek's dead. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of the the way I see it. I mean, I'm, I'll go see these movies and I'll enjoy them, but I won't. They're they're not. I don't know. You know, if watch that's Star Trek. What you're gonna say to me? You could have been saying that since Star Trek Two. No, because I mean, no Star. I mean, well, we'll get into a Star stupid. Trek discussion. Yeah, you know, yeah, this what? could go places. What? I'm just saying, everything after Star Trek Two, it's sort of like you know, I was watching, uh, I was watching the Red Letter Media has now released their review of Revenge of the Sith. 
Oh, okay. Which is good. They finally finished it out. Which is not as funny as the other reviews, but he makes some really interesting points. And one of the things that he really gets into, which is indisputable, is like what makes it not work visually is not just that they do so much CG because they're talking about like these these massive animated sequences of CG you know they everyone says they're amazing but because they never relate back to anything real at all we don't identify with them and we don't care because that's the biggest part he says in Revenge of the Sith we open with this battle sequence and I don't know which ships or which ships I don't know who the good guys are I don't know who the bad guys are then we, when we go into the Jedi they're talking about how they're going after General Grievous who is unknown completely to me so the, the, the idea that that he is like the one they're after doesn't even make sense and immediately they they say oh that's his ship so it's not even it's obvious that we all have some place to go and then but then only these two ships go even though they say like oh there's general grievous's ship that'll end the war and that's who has palpatine and all this so so there's already these tonal issues with this opening sequence, not just because it's all just a bunch of flashy animation, but, but we really never connect with what they're even supposed to be doing. And he, he criticizes them because that scene flip-flops between slapstick and what's supposed to be these dark character revelations, like the beheading of Dooku. Mm. Which is true. I mean, I don't mind them going back and forth a little bit, but they, we haven't established what the movie is. But one of the things that he says that makes it worse is when you come away from the CG, we know they're shooting on a green screen, and you know they're shooting on a green screen because in every scene, and it's actually funny when he shows the clips, but every scene that's just a talking scene, we're either sitting on a couch or the characters are walking for a few feet and then they stop to say something dramatic and one of them walks off to look out a window. (laughs) <laughs> and it's because they're always shooting on this same green screen studio where that you know they can't walk too far and the camera can't follow them and they can't do handheld or anything fancy and even when the scene is supposed to be sort of you know tense they're not running anywhere because there's nowhere to go there's like 10 feet of walking space and and George Lucas sitting there behind monitors sitting down with a cup of coffee watching them and he's like, he showed so many. He's like, they stop and look at each other, and then they do this back and the forth, over-the-shoulder shots, going back and forth between them, and one of them walks off and looks outside a window. Like in every scene. And that's one of those things where, you know, you lose the ability to believe it's real. Because in the action sequences, he has... He mentions this the one part where, where Obi-Wan and Grievous are about to fight. And he says, this happens all the time. Where Obi-Wan and Grievous are about to fight. And Grievous like takes, you know, like 10 minutes to take off his cape. And then the next thing you know, his arms split into forearms. And then he has, like, all these lightsabers. And then the lightsabers start spinning right. around like, like propellers. And when this happens, Obi-Wan shows no reaction of any kind. And that's because in reality... Ewan McGregor has no idea what is happening in front of him. He's just staring at a mark they made in the wall. And then they go animate this amazingly exciting thing that supposedly Grievous is doing, but because Obi-Wan has no reaction to it emotionally, we don't believe it. He's very he's very insightful about stuff like that, that, you know, 
and I think we've mentioned this before about his reviews, you watch those movies and you're like, why am I not connecting? Because this seems exciting. Why don't I buy this? And he explains in a way that, that oh, that's why. <laughs> he really he really has a very good way of explaining, not just in storytelling uh, elements, but for cinematic reasons, where parts of the movie seem to fail. So that's that's a very cool. Well, that's a yeah. I mean, I I agree. <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to watch the uh, the video. Yeah, too. check that out. I don't know that it's on YouTube, but if you go to redlittermedia.com, dot com, they have they have them embedded there where you can watch them, and they're good quality. I see today that uh, Pete Postlewaite died. Do you, do you know who he is? Mm-mm. Who is that? Well, you probably do, uh, but he's the actor who played, um, he's played a lot of stuff, um, but probably most notably the, uh, the big game hunter that was in the Lost World, the sequel to, um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do like uh, that guy, Jurassic he's in Park. a bunch of movies. Yeah, it's like, he's kind of one of those guys, that's like, you see him, and he goes, oh man, I'm glad he's in, his mo- in this movie, because he's cool, mm-hmm. you know, well, you know, but he passed away, this, I mean, I guess, not today. But that is too bad, ago. he was in, uh, yeah. He was in uh, the Robin Hood movie. He was in Dragonheart. Mm-hmm. He's been in a great deal of movies. He's been in a lot of uh, cool little, you know, the the British films. What was that movie uh, with? And it had you and McGregor in it, where they all are like a traveling brass band. Uh, brass noises off, off. Noises I, off. No, I think it was noises brass off. off. I think it's called Noises Off. Is that that movie about the stage? Play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Brassed yeah. off. That was a good movie. But Noises Off is a funny movie. That's got John Ritter and Nicolette Sheridan and Michael Caine. It's just about a bunch of people putting on a stage production that goes horribly wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a very fun, slapsticky sort of fourth wall kind of because it's a play. It's a story within a story, play within a movie kind of thing. So there's a lot of like meta elements to it. But yeah, Brassed Off is the one I was thinking of, and that's also a good movie. That guy's in, in a that guy's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at his um uh, his filmography now. He was in the town, uh, which is oh know, oh yeah, I saw him in the previews for that. Yeah, I haven't seen that. He was in Inception, so he he's a working actor, man. He yeah, he was a, he was a great character actor. That's a shame. I don't think he was a young man, but he didn't seem. Uh, he was 64 actually. He died oh, of well. cancer. Well, that's, that's yeah, that is a shame. That's that's too young. Hmm. Uh, he was a uh, yeah. He's been a lot. He, well, he was in Clash of the Titans, and uh, so I mean, he's been working pretty. Oh uh, yeah. Well, seriously. let's not hold that against him. <laughs> I'm trying to think what else. What other movie I've seen him in? Last of the Mohicans, I think he was in. Way back when. Yeah. Not oh, cool. Well, I hate that. Go thee well, Pete Postlewaite. Yeah, you did a good job. <laughs> well done. Um, <sighs> let's see. I wanted to talk about... I won't talk about the human centipede. I don't believe that would interest, interest you. Nope, not at all. Uh, uh, I've watched a lot of television. Uh, you know, but nothing good. 
<laughs> I well, watched now, I The have... Walking. I know you wouldn't enjoy this either, probably, but I watched The Walking Dead TV show, and I thought that was very good. Well, I have been trying to follow that one, uh, and I haven't watched it all yet. Well, it was on I demand. Mean, I watched the first. Yeah, I know. I just haven't had you know really sat down and watched it. We we actually have watched the entire run of Weeds. Weeds. But, I saw the first two yeah. seasons of it. I may be done though. Uh, well, yeah, you should be done after after the second season. I, I, yeah. I mean, there's six seasons. It looks like it's know. been downhill ever since. Well, it, yeah, it, it just keeps degenerating into more and more of of her just being at total, complete and totally reckless. Yeah, see, uh, I'm not I'm not into that. It's not the drug element that bothers me. It's that's just the, no, the stupidity no. of well, the characters. I mean, like the first the first two seasons or three seasons are, you know, they, they it kind of works because she's in that you know, upper crust suburban town and she's, you know, trying not to get killed by the local, you know, drug lords and stuff. But, but then she ends up like marrying this Mexican mafia lord. Oh, God. Having a kid. And, I am and, not watching any more know. of this show. Yeah, so it's... Stupid. It's, it's gotten to be... I mean, I'll probably watch it because I think it's got one more season left and just to round it out, but... You know, it's uh, that's where you get trapped. It's really I just recently bought the first, the fourth season of Buffy on DVD because yeah. I've had the first three forever. And it was very nostalgic for me to watch the fourth season again because that was like when I really started getting into the show was in the fourth season. Yeah. But it made me kind of sad because I'm like, well, now I need to buy the fifth season and none of the others. <laughs> Six and seven were a travesty. Well, this this one's kind of doing that entourage thing where you know there's the, the, it seems like entourage did this in season four, you know, where they something big was on the horizon, and the whole season was filler until that big thing happened. That's that's kind of what happened here is is Nancy, well, and, and her Shane actually end up her son Shane end up killing somebody who's very important and they go on the run and the whole season is them on the run and it doesn't do anything to forward the storyline of the it, repercussions. Sometimes I think they're just murder. like making it up. Yeah. Like they just panicking in the writing of yeah. these shows. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's yeah, I, I wouldn't advise watching it past maybe season three i think i'll just give up on it now i was only watching it because it was on it was streaming on netflix so it was well, pretty I much was easy yeah i was enjoying it and uh you know i really like kevin nealon in, in that show I'm i, I love kevin nealon in anything yeah and uh but even his character has just become so ridiculous that it's not worth watching oh wow so, i had a feeling yeah. that was coming you know i've been watching which is reruns but i never got to see it have you ever heard of a show called Undeclared? Uh, yeah. I, well, I have. I'm trying not to confuse it with several other college shows. College shows that are out there. That there's one out now that's set in the mid '80s. I think. Yeah, that one's crap. I've seen. Well, I I don't want to be too harsh. I watched one episode, and that episode was crap. But it led me to believe that I will not enjoy the rest of the series. But so, Undeclared I've been watching because I don't know what channel's rerunning it, but it's been on demand even though this show came out like 10 years ago. And uh, what is the name of this kid? Jay Baruchel? The one from the How to Train Your Dragon movie? Yeah. Is that his name? I, I don't know. I won't rest till I know. I hate saying things wrong. <laughs> 
Jay Baruchel. Well, if I'm saying it wrong, then I'm just pronouncing it wrong, but that's the way it's said. And this kid, and you would know it if you watch this show, because everybody on the show is somebody who is just about now famous, and they're all funny. Because the show, do you remember Freaks and Geeks? Do you remember that show? Yeah. Oh, I love that show. Well, Judd Apatow, who made that show, that was his first big thing, and obviously that didn't work out too well, but everybody in that show was really good and ended up being famous. But after that show ended, after the first season, he made this show, which also ended after one season. And that show was like in this... 80s where they're in high school this show is in modern times and they're in college and i just find it completely endearing i mean it, it just reminds me of being in college it's a difficult thing to try to capture i guess but just the the just the the, the sort of listless shiftless in you know idiocy <laughs> of, of their existence and it's got like seth rogan is one of the main guys in the show jay baruchel is in the show uh, Jason Siegel, who is now in uh, How I Met Your Mother, is a recurring character. And and a bunch of people that I just think. Monica Kina, who was actually E's first girlfriend in uh, Entourage. And she was in the Freddy vs. Jason movie. Oh, right, right. Yeah, to- yeah I'm looking at the IMDb Totally now. cute. Uh, oh, what's her name? This girl is in was in... The main girl in it, Lizzie, is is also very famous. I think Carla Gallo. Carla Gallo. I think she's in Glee now. Is she? She's very funny. She was in Men of a Certain Age for a little bit, and she was also in uh, Carnival when that show was on HBO. I'm wrong about that. Hang on. Um, You're not wrong about Carla. You're wrong about the Glee thing. You're not wrong about Carla Gallo. she's She's in Bones right now, which is a really good show. Yeah, and oh, yeah. and she's and she's a little cutie. She's she's really funny and things, and she's mm-hmm. fun to have around in shows. But this show, everybody in the show is really funny, and everybody and it has cameos from like Adam Sandler and Ben Stiller. These guys were all starting to get famous when the show came out, you know. But but later on, you know, all these guys started making movies like you know the Knocked Up, and all of a sudden they're famous. Yeah, it's got Amy Poehler in it for two. She's episodes. in it. Um, what's his name? Will Ferrell um, is in it, is in a couple episodes. Um, Fred Willard is one of the teachers on the show for a while. <laughs> it's got Fred Willard in it. You know it's going to. It's be good. funny. It's full of funny people. But I may buy this DVD. I don't know. Hopefully this show's out on DVD, but I've just been watching it on demand and reruns, and I'm like, I'm digging it. It reminds me, because they're living in the dorms. It reminds me of my first year of college, living in the dorms and all that. That's cool. I I may have to check it out. You you should watch it. It, It'll remind you of those those times, I think. (laughs) But I I enjoy it. You know, a lot of shows come out like Glory Days, which irritates me in so many ways. Because first of all, I'm tired of people who say days with a Z instead of days, like as a plural yeah, word. Yeah, that is kind of played out. I'm sick of that. And plus, there was a movie with Ben Affleck called Glory Days that came out just at, right after Dazed and Confused, which is what they were using. That's why they were doing it, because it was him and they were trying to do something. So they called it also Glory Days. And it was about idiots. Yeah. And it was about a bunch of idiots in college. And like, ah, so this isn't even, I don't think, related to that movie. But somehow you 
we've recycled that same lame name. I don't like it. And plus, it's about guys like trying to get into frats and stupid stuff. And I don't, you know, I don't, I don't did take away from people if that was your college experience, but that wasn't mine, so I don't relate to that. And plus, most of the frat guys that I knew in college were cool guys, but they were normal. There wasn't like a whole lot of craziness going on with frats. So I don't really yeah. relate to well, crazy I mean, I frat could... stories. Well, yeah, me neither. I didn't I didn't do much uh Yeah, I got nothing against the frat guys but... no, no, one no. way or the other. But I like the the keep it down to you're just going off you're then goofing off in the dorms cuz that's what I get. Cuz that's what <laughs> we did just sitting around in the dorm like most of the time trying to figure out what to do cuz no one has money. There's like an episode where where uh, Seth Rogen comes up like they're giving away money, come on, and they all run and it's like one of those kiosks where they're giving students the credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Come on, they're giving away money. But but I can relate to that, in not a, necessarily a positive way, but still. But that's Seth a good Rogen one. must be Judd Apatow. Seth Rogen must be just world class buds. Well, I think yeah. Well, or that, or Judd Judd Apatow has always recognized how funny Seth Rogen is, and it took a while for everybody else to catch on. Not to change gears too much, but did you uh, uh, remember the the preview for this movie, Real Steel? I have no idea. Uh, no. It's a Hugh Jackman movie where he's uh, apparently like hooking up to a, a robot, what? and they have like you, you didn't see the preview of this movie no. at, at Tron. No, they didn't show this at Tron. I kept seeing because I went to the IMAX, so all I saw was previews for other three D movies, most of them kids movies. Oh, okay. I, I saw the the two D version. That's uh, better. But, by the way, folks, don't waste your money on three D. Twenty dollars yeah. for an IMAX ticket? Are you serious? It's just taller. Yeah, I, the the times I've I've went and I've gone and seen a a, a Hollywood IMAX movie, it's not been. Worth I've it. never seen a movie in IMAX. I thought it'd be fun, but it wasn't for a lot of reasons. But the movie was good. Yeah. Yeah, I think the movie stands alone without. Okay, so is this this Hugh Jackman is like a robot jocks kind of movie. You remember yeah, that movie? It's a, well, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Except he's not in the robot. He's just they, remotely operating. Yeah, he's just steering the robot from outside the ring. And they fight. Yeah. Oh, it is robot jocks then. Well, not exactly because ro- in robot jocks, you know, they were in the robot. Yeah, in robot jocks, it was a Robotech deal. Yeah, but this is <laughs> more you, people that, that could well, be a me movie and the buddy from I was the wall, with, But if you guys, turned, if you guys well, have the, ever heard of robot jocks. That was a very, that was an old, low budget, like, not full moon, but damn close, like, Stuart Gordon movie, and it starred Garrett Graham, who was, like, in the Alienation TV show. Who apparently is now a web sensation. For what? He's He's got a series of webcasts out there that that he's part of. Well, that's good and for him, I I've, guess. I've seen, I've seen one of them. He played the uh, asshole the, uh, Vulcan on the Enterprise show. That's the last I ever saw of him. Well, I think now he just plays an asshole on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you, Garrett Graham. Yeah. But anyway, this movie here, uh, 
we described it when we were watching the preview as Rock'em Sock'em Robots, the movie. <laughs> because that's what it is. I mean, these apparently in the future, instead of boxing, human to human boxing, they've, they've built robots and they box in the ring. And, and they're controlled by people on the outside. I don't see where the drama is going to be in this movie. I don't see where it sounds like it's any good at all. Because here's the thing, in Robot Jocks, you know, the guy hits him with like a road, a Raideen fist that shoots off him, like a Shogun Warrior's flying fist, and it yeah. knocks him into the stands, and he kills like you know, like a hundred people. That's the drama. Right. Well, that plus, you know, just the fact of being inside the robot and getting knocked around and all that, you know, when you're fighting, as opposed to this, I mean, I mean yeah. it's remote control. This sounds, and I don't want to speak too soon, but it well, sounds like the trailer it might when you be get a tran- stupid. When you get a chance, I mean, it does look. I I don't get it. I don't I don't see what what was worth making a movie about, other than just cool special effects. I'm tired of special effects. That's the red letter media guy is like you know basically has announced that we're all sick of CGI, mm-hmm. and I this may be true. You know, because cause that's the Star Wars thing again. It's like, we are no longer impressed by the fact that you can do anything in a computer. We get that. But your well, inability to you relate it back. Well, see, the thing is, there has to be something real that relates it back. Mm-hmm. That's why you can watch the original Star Wars movies where they're all yeah, like, they, surrounded they by to, beat up things they can't and all just that. They create... George Lucas, well, don't get me started again. We keep going back on George, but, you know, just like you were saying, in that green screen environment where there's just, I mean, they have nothing to interact with. Uh, Yeah, and then there's an assumption that we're just going to make it interesting in post. It's not true. But, right. Yeah, I don't want to spit it out, but you know. (laughs) You know what I'm saying. Big griping. We've said it. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll figure it out. What's up with this movie? But it doesn't real look steel cool at all. sounds dumb. Yeah, what's up, Jackman? I don't know. You're too good to make X Men sequels, but you're just gonna make crap of a different color. <laughs> you might be regretting that decision. Well, you know. Oh, well, maybe it's not his fault. I don't know. They could have made more Wolverine movies if that one were better. I don't think of it as a bad movie, but it didn't position Wolverine. It would have been better to make a Wolverine movie that wasn't supposed to be such a direct prequel. I think yeah. that was the problem. Well. And then what they're doing just... now is making another X-Men prequel. So who knows? I don't know what the problem who? is. Who, who's the main character in it? Well, it's called First Class. It is filming on Jekyll Island, which is not very far from here. They almost filmed parts of it on Tybee. But it's a young Professor X, and it's a young Magneto. And I think from what people are saying is the young Professor X is James McAvoy. You know that kid? From, like, um, the Atonement or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Oh, he's also in that horrible movie. What is that? Wanted? Where they're assassins or something? Yeah, yeah. The, the lead character in that movie. Yeah. 
Yeah. No so sure. from what I'm hearing, he plays a young Professor X. No word yet on whether or not there's hair. Not sure. <laughs> All these important things that must be answered. Well, the red media, the red letter media guy has a field day in general. In, in I think it's. Is it Generation? No, it's Nemesis in the last Star Trek The Next Generation movie because they show these, you know, these old pictures of Picard and he's bald even in the old pictures and his Nemesis is also bald. And he's like, you know, if you watch the show, there are flashbacks where Picard has hair and we're led to understand that Picard loses his hair when he gets older. But the people who make this movie think we're so stupid that if Picard is not bald in the flashback, we won't even understand that it's Picard. So now Picard's been bald since he's like 20 years old. So his, his whole that? I mean, rant on yeah, that. He's absolutely right. It is true. It's like it, when he makes fun of, when he tears into the Next Generation movies, it's from being a hardcore fan of the Next Generation TV show. They don't get anything past this guy. Wow. But those are fun. I can't recommend Red Letter Media enough. That's just definitely like those guys. If you don't like people criticizing the stuff you like, then you wouldn't like it. But other than that, if you just like just fun critique that's that's pretty spot on, but but entertaining at the same time, then definitely Red Letter Media is the is the way to go. Oh, there's a new How It Should Have Ended out there now too. There's a Star Trek How It Should Have Ended. I've and, seen that one. Um, yeah, a few others that are new. They did a good Predator one. The Predator one's really funny because he like knocks the the gun out of her hand. And says, "No, they won't. He won't attack you if you don't have a gun." Oh yeah, and then yeah. The like, uh, but then he gets on the chopper and everybody's got a gun. <laughs> 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 Why do we have our guns then? <laughs> Why don't we all throw our guns? Down? <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> They got a lot of fun ones there. I did post on the Dark Crazy site the the I did repost the the Tron rap that those guys did, which was a sort of Tron how it should have ended, but they did it as a rap. Very fun. Now that I mentioned it, uh, I should plug that we relaunched the darkcrazy.com website. So it's got a lot new a lot more content. It's updated a lot more often. It's much more accessible. So you should go there and you should look at it and you should become a follower of the Dark Crazy website. <laughs> Live it. Yeah, that is, it's a good place for up-to-the-minute updates on TV at my dinner and, and some of the other projects that we do. And I also just find cool clips of stuff I like and I do just general bloggy things on it. So it's unlike the the last one that you may have seen over the last five years where I post something and leave it there for like two years. <laughs> like this is this is a much more up up to the minute site and much more exciting and fun. So you should go there. You'll be pleased to know that I'm actually working on GregStarks.com. <laughs> that would be exciting. <laughs> I'm figuring out how to use my my web service provider right now, but Oh, I'll get it worked out. Well, I have just basically given up on the, all the web building that I did on the old Dark Crazy site and just did a redirect to this blog site. <laughs> it's easier. But we also yeah, we the, rebuilt the, the Dark blog. Crazy store. I rebuilt the Whisper World magazine, and I'll be posting new stuff to it periodically. So it's, it's much more. I, I think that this format is going to be a lot more fun. 
Yeah, it's a lot easier. You're using Blogger, right? Yes. That's the same site we use for the TV at my dinner site, which is also Blogger. We use a redirect cool. from our tvatemydinner.com. And we post a lot of stuff there. We did, did some new videos. We got a new video episode out with with uh, with me and the voice of Greg and, and Dane, who has not been on an episode before the video, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, there's the, this one shot of me and that whole thing. <laughs> well, I wanted to get you Doing to set up a camera I'd, and yeah. film yourself, but that's it. Well, we we I think we can get that technology to work now. Well, we need to try we that will, again. Now that I'm actually yeah. editing, we recorded the, these things like a year ago, and I'm only just now putting them out, so they're not topical at all. We'll have an upcoming Book of Eli review. <laughs> Book of Eli is like on <laughs> HBO right now. But but whatever, I don't care. But it took a while to get to the editing of it because video is more complicated. But now that we get these out, and maybe, you know, if we can get that, we did a little Second Life video that would be fun to do as a, as a YouTube thing. Get that out. And we still have the Christmas stuff that we recorded last year as well. I'll try to get that out to get some. Is that where we bitch about how much we hate Christmas? No. The, I mean, where we went up in the oh. attic. The toy thing. Oh, right. oh, right. Yeah, I still out. haven't seen my, all my that. My goal was to have that out before this last Christmas, but that just wasn't happening. But now, now I'm getting on the stick. So this year we're gonna have a lot of web, con a lot of video content. For yes, I still TV haven't even seen the carrier yet. You guys get me from. Going back <laughs> there. <laughs> There's a very. <laughs> it's gonna be a very interesting dim shot of, and I don't want to give it away, but. It's going to be exciting when it happens. <laughs> by next Christmas. Definitely. The Holy Grail of toy collectibles. By def definitely by next Christmas we'll have that whole series of Christmas videos out. But So we're trying to get that out. Um, I guess I should mention asteroids do concern me. We've talked a lot about that on the forum and other websites. Oh, yeah. That's Makes Halo look like a steaming oh, turd. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. You're not even going to believe. I mean, my mind is ears. still blown. I played it two weeks ago, and my mind is still blown. I mean, it's just yeah. it's that good. Well, your mind's going to get reblown when the campaign mode comes out, because we just over over the Christmas holidays we we recorded a bunch of new voiceover stuff with Sinjin and and another character that will fill out a campaign mode that goes on during gameplay. So there will actually be voiceover narration from Sinjin during gameplay and some interaction with the uh, with the main bad guy, who I will not reveal, but it's pretty exciting. Also, some alternate endings to the game that we're cooking up. I say we. We did the voiceover, and Andrew's doing the rest. But, but Yeah, Andrew's doing like the actual programming hopefully, stuff. Yeah, and hopefully that will be out soon. The goal was to have that out before Christmas, but that wasn't. That just wasn't feasible. So that was really fun to to watch that process. Uh, Sean and I um, got to see a, a kind of a a prototype of the game. You know, when it was pre Tupa. I mean, this yeah, he, he yeah, showed very, us yeah, the, very blocky and all and all that. But he showed us the gameplay. Yeah, it was fun to play even then. But he got a lot and, of uh, cool concept art by Christopher Tupa, who is a friend of the show, and. We didn't. What we saw was the gameplay prior to the introduction of that of that concept art. So, 
but now he's got the Tupa R in, in it, and they've got a nice. It really cover does look good. If you if you have Xbox Online, you can actually go buy this game for like a dollar, which is like eighty Microsoft points. You have to go to the Indie Channel. We are also part of this this whole separate set of games called The Uprising, which is an exclusive set of indie games which has its own setup, and, and I don't know, I believe this is right on the, the dashboard right now when you go. So we'll see. So if you're out there and you have Xbox Online, then you can hear some Sinjin and play and, and play some fun Asteroids, like retro-style video game stuff by downloading Asteroids Do Concern Me. There's also some reviews of it online if you go to YouTube, and there's also a trailer on YouTube that I did post on the Dark Crazy site, but it's also on the forum, I think. All positive so far, I believe. Mostly positive, yeah. yeah people people enjoy it. It's a fun yeah. game, and and hopefully people enjoy the the little the the little voiceover stuff we do. If you like that, it it really does. It actually does tie in to the the continuity of uh, Venus Skytrap, which is the audio drama that we have going on right now. It's the same character. It's a Rocky Montana adventure. This takes place a, l- a few years after the the Venus Skytrap adventure, which is actually Rocky's first first story. So, and and we'll have new episodes. We have the first two episodes of Venus Skytrap out right now. And we'll have new of those coming out soon. So that's another thing we got going on. We get tons of content that we're just putting out here for you, mostly for free. Asteroids do sure concern would be nice me. if it made money, but yeah. Well, if you, if if any way you would everything. like to throw some support, then then just go download Asteroids Do Concern Me. That's the only thing we ever put out for money, for the most part. I did. It only cost me eighty Microsoft points. So there you go. So Greg is one of the 300 plus people who have already enjoyed the the paid download of Asteroids. So, uh, so Andrew's made like 300 bucks on this thing. Yeah, well, it's the, the long and the short of it right now. Well, Andrew owes you some money, man. Well, it's the it's the short of it. <laughs> <laughs> but right right now, there's not enough money to matter. But 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 yeah, we're. Putting this no, thing it's out cool, there. man. No, he's done a lot of work, and, and, that's, and I'm very excited uh, that, that he would even want Sinjin in something. And and the goal is to make more games that feature Sinjin as the narrator. So I'm just excited that we're able to get Sinjin out there. Uh, so that's a good thing. Uh, we're also, uh, <laughs> if it sounds like we're winding down, that's probably true. But but we're also on Twitter now. I, I have been tweeting to you people online. I just can't see you on Twitter. I'm not even on Twitter yet. That's right, because I'm the one. This is It's a new year, and I'm really, I paved the way for things. That's what happens. <laughs> I just can't. I don't, I don't really see the point of it. Well, here's the thing. I wouldn't, you know, obviously never really was a big fan of Twitter. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I have made a proclamation on this show in the past that I would never have a Twitter account. But I was watching the show called the the Benson in- Interruption. Have you heard of this on on the on Comedy Central? No. Well, it's, it's, the the concept sounds horrible, 
Like, I remember seeing the previews of this going, there's no way I'd watch this show. Because the idea is that he's a comedian, and Doug Benson is a guy who used to be on Best Week Ever. He's one of those guys. You'd recognize him if you saw him, probably, because he's one of those guys that every time they do, like, some kind of special about comedy, (laughs) they wheel him out and start talking to him. You're like, who is this guy? How does he know about comedy? But but he's a funny guy, and he was funny on Best Week Ever, and... uh, he got this show on Comedy Central, and the concept was that he brings out a comedian on stage, and he sits on stage while the comedian's doing the act, and he, inter- and he interrupts him. <laughs> it's like, that sounds awful. That sounds like you're just having a show with a built-in heckler, and that sounds horrible. But yeah. watching the show, I was got bored, and I was watching the show, and I, and I thought it, and it was actually funny because it's very lighthearted. It it really is. He brings in people he knows, and he sort of just cuts in. And what they end up doing is kind of riffing with each other, and and sort of building up the material, and it becomes funnier. And you get a really good idea of who is really good at ad-libbing and coming up with funny ideas on the fly, and who is really kind of stuck to their material. So it's kind of an interesting challenge for the comedians too. But he's funny, and then they they're funny, and it's a good interplay. But one of the things they do on the show is they'll do like a tweet off, and they're like reading their funny tweets. And I thought, well, this is an interesting concept for Twitter, just for saying funny things. Like that's just as a writing challenge. Can I come up with a funny joke in 140 characters or less? Well, I guess I do that to some. I do that to some extent with Facebook. The thing with Twitter to me is it seems like it could get expensive if you if you don't have unlimited texting on your phone. Well, I only Twitter from my Which, computer. I don't have a, I don't Twitter from my phone. <laughs> well, I just come home and I check Twitter once twice a day and I'm like, have I said something funny? I better post something funny today and every day. And then I watch and see how many followers I have. And you all need to follow me. That's the other point of Twitter. You must follow me. So at TV ate my dinner is our Twitter. So there you go. I'm pretty sure. Isn't that just like t Twitter dot com slash TV ate my dinner or dot Twitter or something? What how's it work? How's that now? Let's let's see what happens if I just poke in Twitter dot com. <laughs> Slash TV ate my dinner. It's easy to make TV ate my dinner the branding for everything because it's a phrase that's never taken. Twitter. Get short, timely messages from Sean Gilbert. Twitter is a resource of uh, instantly updated blah, blah, blah. Join today. Yes, so you can go twitter.com slash TV ate my dinner and read my hilarious tweets. Or you can go to darkcrazy.com and, and see our awesome new posts. Or you can go to tv8mydinner.com and watch our new videos or listen to our episodes. Usually you'll be listening. And forum.tv8mydinner.com, you can still go to our forum. That hasn't changed. So there you go. And Facebook. You can go to Facebook and apparently type tv 8 my dinner. Damn right. And that's that. Yeah, we don't have a fancy Facebook URL, but but there you go. Yeah, it, that costs If me. you go to the Dark Crazy site, there are links to Twitter and Facebook directly from there. So there you go. 
a good jumping off point for all things TV at my dinner is darkcrazy.com. <laughs> I've been plugging for like 15 minutes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, and making it pass for just general conversation. <laughs> like, here's cool ways you can stay connected with the <laughs> Well, we've been gone a while. We need to let people know we're still out here. The, the, the holidays are over. The hiatus is done. We're back. We're going to have another That's year. True. I don't. This could, again, be the last year. We're like James Patterson, like, I'll kill Alex Cross if you don't buy his books. Like, well, if we don't buy his book, then we probably don't give a shit. Kill him. <laughs> I won't even know he's dead because I didn't read it. So we're like that. This could be the last year of TV Ate My Dinner. If you stop listening, it's like, well, that's true of any show anywhere, Sean. <laughs> All right, so but yeah, hopefully it won't be. It never can tell. I would hate to see a world without TV at my dinner. I get a great deal of enjoyment out of it, and all of its little spinoffs, and and all of the wonderful people that we have met along the way because of it. Yeah, we gotta dig up more people. Who knows? We may even have more episodes with Brooks this year. Hard to say. <laughs> we'll tease that for Depends you. On Depends on like you know the the barometric pressure and <laughs> really? all these different things that, you know, <laughs> could, could, you know, hold him up or make him busy. Or <laughs> I, I, you're pretending that an ear infection prevents him from returning emails. <laughs> yes, yeah. Somehow that paralyzed his fingers. Yeah. I mean, I, the kid has an ear infection. Well, Hey man, if the kids are precedents, I'm not arguing with that at all, but. I'm uh, just not seeing how that keeps you from answering only certain emails. Is all I'm saying. You will be seeing more of a, of us with Dane. You won't be seeing Greg, but you will be seeing Dane. You'll be hearing Greg. We've got several more videos coming up with us discussing various things with Dane. And then we've got some other videos along the way, so that will be fun. And we will, great hopefully, Dane. we will have a great Dane 8 and hopefully we will have Lynn back with us when her when her internet's fixed. <laughs> is she? I don't know anything about the geography of Australia. She's not in Queensland. Don't is you she? think it's like a big cliff that that the world just slips off mm. of right after? <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I mean, they, they've had the a lot of flooding in Australia. The, I mean, uh, so they did in, have in, that. In I don't think she's having that trouble now. But they actually did have yeah, some flooding earlier. Well, but she's so, just... You know, I'm a stupid American and therefore know nothing about the geography of other countries. But she's just having problems with her webs, I think, right now. So hopefully we've talked with her about doing an episode or two. She needs to crank it harder. She wants to do a rom-com episode. I'm down. Yeah, um, about how much you guys hate them. talked about, hey, well, that's the point. Well, I guess I'll be the counterpoint on well, that we'll one. see. Because I don't hate I don't them. hate all rom-coms, but most of them are crap. I don't well, hate the concept of romance or comedy, but they do seem to make a pretty brutal combination. <laughs> We've talked about to Tracy about maybe doing another episode on the evolution of language, so hopefully she'll be be on board with that, and cool. and maybe get Lynn at the same time. As I was telling her, so we can have yeah, two I'm... women on the show. They're just telling me what an idiot I am. That's <laughs> what. That's what, uh, what happens. Damn angry birds. But uh, that's it. So, yeah, a new year of TV at my dinner looms 
before you so i hope you're excited <laughs> come back to the forum check out the the new websites and all that and uh, hopefully you'll all come back in rejuvenated and ready for more like we are the next exciting tv ate my dinner adventure yeah. Which we need to have. We need to plan that. We need to have an exciting uh, TV. Let, oh, God, please. We, somebody we, write us in and tell us where to go or what to do. We, I, I'm, I'm desperately in need of a, of a good adventure. Well, we were going to go to the Space Center, but you done what's that? Wasn't me. It wasn't you. I had things going on. It wasn't me. It, stuff happened. I wasn't able to. There was conflicting uh, arrangements and engagements and whatnots and what have you. That, 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 that. I wanted to do it, <laughs> but it didn't happen. Well, but this year, this year, maybe the Supercon in Florida, and we can go see the the Coral Castle at the same time, or go to the Skunk Ape Museum, or do all three at the same time. Just do a, a Florida road trip. I'd love it. Give it, help us out. Give us some ideas. I would love to do that. I'm, I'm up for it. I need it. it. I need it. <laughs> that's all. That's <laughs> a, I need a vacation that's just p- purely for fun. Because <laughs> you just got back from your family yeah, vacation. Yeah, I love seeing right. the family, but man, Christmas just uh, takes a lot out of you. The, but this, uh, did you get snowed? Did you get we snowed did, in? actually. We had, some, we had some snow and it stuck. I was driving through snow on the way. That's very rare. So it was like a little yeah, Christmas well, miracle where they're like, it hasn't snowed on Christmas in 30 years. Like a Lifetime movie. I actually had a white Christmas. It had like six inches of snow. In Very the nice. I got, I'll, try, I'll have to post some of that on, on Facebook. I got some videos and I got some still pictures of, of, of the white Christmas in Rome. I have to at least post the, uh, the, the stills. Rome, Georgia. Rome, Georgia. They, uh, yeah, up in North yeah. Georgia here. It's not very, it's about four hours from where I am right now for you internationals. <laughs> not not Italy. No. I am not four hours from Rome, Italy, as some of you internationals probably are. Well, all right. Well, I enjoyed it. I'm glad we're back. Hopefully we can get some more of the kids here. We'll have to start making some phone calls if... If we can't get Brooks back on the show, which which may and uh, which may be the case, then definitely we'll call out to some of the friends of the show as as before to, to bring in some exciting fresh faces and, and extra guest hosts and whatnot. But either way, what not? Who's what? Yeah, what nots and who's what's and some videos and whatever that may also feature okay. Brooks at some point. So can I use my mixer to, to play us out? I guess. Okay. <laughs> All right. So anyway, that's my my new toy that I acquired. No, you good. <laughs> and they just have to figure out what those slides do. What? I know what the slides do. <laughs> you just started it and stopped it with no volume control at all. Well, I don't know, guys. Because it was kind of <laughs> Not now, I'm not. <laughs> Alright, well, we're done plugging anyway. We'll be back, I swear. We're, we're back and we're here to stay, so. 
So in the meantime, check out the sites and have fun. Let us know what you think. My name is Sean. I'm Greg. And we'll see you next time. This has been TV8 My Dinner. Don't forget to visit our forum at www.forum.tv8mydinner.com. You're getting brutal, Sark. Brutal and needlessly sadistic. Thank you, Master Control. End of line.